Talk Radio. This is your boy Justin JLB, and of course, this is Real Talk Wrestling, where we are going to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, Collision in Korea, and boy, oh golly, is there a lot to talk about? I, of course, am not alone. I am with my partner in wrestling crime, Mike. How goes it, good? Yeah, Mike's in serious here. Yeah, this was definitely a fucked up episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, if you think about it, it was the time that WCW uh, was like below WWE. Uh, just wanted to show that they can outdo wrestling in a way. But it was also in times as USA was having beef with uh, North Korea at the same times. So that's why it was a very huge advantage contract as well. Well, I mean, to be fair, they're still having beef with North Korea uh, to an extent. They you know, like the, the, no one, North Korea has still isolated themselves from everyone else. Uh, but yes, uh, essentially, Mr. Uh, Tony Anoki. Uh, first of all, I didn't realize this guy was like a, a politician dude, and I knew he was a big star and all that in Japan, but I didn't realize he was like. This poli- he was like this politician dude and he wanted to run. Uh, well, yeah, I only found out about that because if you, I read a lot of like books involving the history. And a lot of times Antonio Inoki is in those books because of the very first uh, NA fight was him versus Muhammad Ali in one of his ranks. is probably one of the most boring NAs as well. And uh, yeah, because they actually had like pro wrestling versus boxing. So Antonio Inoki was in those books as well. And they really uh, highly meant the fact that pretty much like, yeah, he was going in politics as well right after, during and after his wrestling. Yeah, that's it. And um, along with that, like, well, you know what? So we, we kind of run it down, but we're not going to do that this time. I would actually like to get to kind of what is more your most messed up story you've heard about what went on during this collision in Korea? Well, what was your go-to? Yeah. Well, definitely, most of all, taking their passport when they got there. Yeah, pretty messed up. Them mentioning that, look, they, they didn't even like us there. Like, they, you can tell that those officers hated our guts. Um, it's not like, yeah. for example, it'd be, okay, this is like, I'm feeling like scared I, and I want to get out. You can't even leave at that point because they have your passports. So, yeah, I would like, have been like, terrified. Say, for example, let's say your wife's calling you like a heart attack. She had a heart attack or something to visit or like your daughter's like, ill. You can't just turn around and go home. They have your passport. That's it. That's it. Because then you had to make sure you had to do the show. So uh, that was not, kind of but the not thing. only the f- another thing that that also not only the rest of the audience had to do that's another was right uh, that is I mean it's crazy but I guess I understand it it's it's a communist country obviously the guy rules and runs everything um, I, I I guess it was Kim Jong no it was his father at the time yeah. who was running things um, and so you know obviously same family same kind of traits. They rule everything. Uh, every, uh, there was, well, and it's still crazy. There was over 190,000 people at the stadium who literally were forced there. Yeah. But one thing I really liked is you said that uh, he's like, one thing I can always say I, I have over Hogan is I wrestled in front of 189,000 people in one night. Granted. Two nights back to back. And look, granted, that is fair, but you also had people not even responding, which yeah, I found like, yeah. crazy. Because like, here's the thing, like, one of my friends told me in Japan, if you watch a wrestling match, the first few minutes are very quiet, and it's a different thing. They're doing that as a sign of respect to the wrestlers, but this one quiet the entire time because they have no idea what the hell they're watching. And that's... But then why do you go crazy over uh, Tony Anoki? Because he was like... Because he already had the credibility down there. He was almost like the hometown boy because of uh, his good friend, uh, Dozan, that uh, got murdered as well. He was North Korean. Uh, well, he was Korean. And he's like trying to hide his um, his Korean heritage from Japan because that's the time that they Whoa, were killing wasn't... each other. Wasn't it his father who had died because he was Korean, North Korean? They found no, out no, he was, was North a, Korean? No, it was his good friend. But No, but it had to have been a family heritage sort of ordeal. 
because no, no, they were very close because they had ties. That's why oh, okay. Hoki, yeah, it was because he had ties with him that they were, that he was seen as uh, Korean. So. Oh, okay. Misunderstood that one so there. That's what, yeah, so that's why he was like considered a hometown boy down there because he had ties. But I mean, if they still never watched wrestling, you would think they would still be kind of shocked at what they're seeing. I found it so weird. But like, they, apparently they didn't know what to think about Ric Flair either. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, if I didn't know anything about wrestling and I saw some old guy with old guy with bleached hair and uh, and, a, and a purple Sequence coat, rolled, yeah, yeah, like I'd be kind of like, uh, okay, bro, you're supposed to be intimidating. What am I looking at here? You know. Another thing was like that this showed <laughs> was like how much of a badass Scorpio. Uh, yeah, right. That most entertaining of the uh, of any one there. So you had Scott Norton that was there. Whatever, Scott Norton was cool. Uh, you had. Um, Eric Bischoff was always, was always interesting. Yeah, Eric Bischoff is just chill, you know, says it like it is. You, of course, had a Tony Onoki talk. Um, you had someone else. Sonny Ono. Sonny Ono, of course. Uh, you also had the journalist from CNN. I forgot the guy's name. But he was basically um, doing the take on, obviously, um, the, the show, yeah, the Collision in Korea event, which was obviously a partnership between NJPW and WCW. Um, and I feel like that was it. Yeah, yeah well, and, and to Cold Scorpio, as you're saying. Well, like, of course, yeah, yeah. My good friend who, uh, yeah, wanted to give a shout out to him. He actually had a job in this, and yeah, with the independent scene in uh, wrestling down here, so shout out to him. And, uh, definitely uh, want him to get his take on it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely be down if you wanted to do like another kind of more in-depth talk on that or on other things that, you know, other crazy stories. I found how, I was kind of shocked how crazy he went with talking about the whole Hawk situation. So they apparently had a little beef beforehand, right before they ended up going. Yeah, I just (laughs) want to mention quick, it seems like he had no issue talking about that. No, none. He was just like, you know, and I'm, I, I granted, I'm, I guarantee you most likely that, uh, well, no, yeah, for sure, that this would have been way after uh, Hawk had died. Like, yeah, no problem. No problem. Just talking about, he's not talking ill will of the dead there. He's just talking about the situation. Yeah, so, and we'll talk about the situation like, pretty much. Like, um, Scorpio was a little pissed off about how he got fired first time because of Cousin Ric Flair. And he's like, at that point, Hawk and Flair were sitting with each other on the bus. And apparently he said something in regards to calling the Flair a pussy. And apparently Hawk took that to heart and challenged him. And then all of a sudden, apparently Scorpio just hit him hit him hard. And apparently they were wrestling on the ground. Apparently Scorpio just had a finger in the eye. And it almost took his eye out. I was actually pushed the eye out of the socket and stuff. But one thing I just want to mention about this, actually. Because uh, like I'm like, they were fighting during this, but... I just want to put something together. They're wrestling for isn't wrestling simulated fighting? Simulate fighting to world people. Well, I mean, I get I get where you're going at. Um, but I mean, at the same time, hey man, if 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 you know if if they know who Muhammad Ali is and Muhammad Ali went there, you know they know who um, uh, Jesus. I forgot his name. Anoki. Anoki. They know who Anoki is and whatever. Hey, if you bring them there, because we all know how. I guess it's it's a family thing, how they love their certain celebrities. Like Kim Jong-un loved Dennis Rodman, right? He would always invite Dennis Rodman there kind of thing. His father really loved Muhammad Ali. And I guess I don't get how you have or know the people if you kind of isolate everybody with, uh, you know, just three channels and all of that. I guess if he likes something, he'll show broadcast it to his yeah. entire region in that regard. But... That's what I uh, want to bring up the funny adventure. Okay, so as I said earlier, I thought it was fucked up that their passport, but that's not the only taken. Like Scott Norton said, his Walkman and all his tapes were taken. They told him he wasn't allowed to have anything American on him. He's like, all these things were confiscated. He's like, Ric Flair was freaking out that they were this stuff. And sure. Yeah, like, so just imagine this. You're stuck in a hotel room where you have entertainment, like, pretty much like you don't have a Walkman, you don't have your books, and then you turn on the TV and there's only three political Korean channels where you don't even understand the language. So you're right. like, what are you going to do? And at one point, Scott Norton spoke to his wife and his wife thought he was partying, but he actually said, you you have no idea what kind of shithole we're And then the phone line just cut. And, right? Like, whoa. Yeah. First of all, why didn't his wife know? Like, I get it. It was kind of like a, not a spur of the moment, but how did you not have enough time to pack your stuff and then tell your wife you're bouncing? Like, 
Well, afterwards, apparently he couldn't. The moment he said that, people were at his door. No, no, no. I mean, before they went to Korea, though. It's not like, hey, Norton, we're going to North Korea now. You know what I mean? Are, are you meaning to tell me you didn't have a convo with your wife? No, no. His wife, his wife knew he was there, but no, like, he wasn't able to call her when he was there and speak to her for a Oh, I was under the impression that she just didn't know where he was at all. No, no, she thought like he was oh, partying in okay. Korea with the guys, and she didn't know like, what kind of. They couldn't even play pool for crying out loud. Yeah, uh, when they tried, like it's like apparently like they got there, Ben Wan, a bunch of them, they went downstairs to play pool, and during one of the times, like he hit the ball and it went off the table. And by the way, they were being watched at home. So when right. they went to go one play pool, they wanted by military. And the moment the ball hit the ground, that was it. Unable to play pool, and, and like. The one piece of entertainment that they had was taken away from him. Which I don't get, like... I Well, I guess, you know, if you already hate people and you're really just doing it for... <clears throat> in reality, you, can't, you, can't, you can't listen to music. You can't, li- you can't watch political channels. You can't talk on the phone. Like Scott Rowley, he said that to his wife. They brought him into an English-speaking guy who told him, don't ever speak ill about our country. And he's like, that's it. No more phone calls. Or that's like, I don't know what that meant. But I'm pretty sure, but we all know that one. Right. And Scorpio acted like that. Because after the first fight, he actually spoke to Hawk and said, he's like, hey, man, this is stupid why we're fighting at this event. We need to be a man. And apparently, he got sucker punched by Hawk. And then they went out to dinner. He was sharpening. He decided to keep uh, some stainless steel um, chopsticks with him. That he was sharpening up to make a shiv out of in a hotel room. All people to talk him out of had Jesus. to be a person who was a killer himself down the line was Chris Benoit. And that was I knew you were going to bring this up. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I'm like, this is right up Mike's aisle or alley. Uh, well, yeah. Chris Benoit is one of my favorite pre-asking so, but yeah, you know I mean that fucking, that little dark style wrestling. Dark style. side of the ring, you will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, the Chris Benoit must be like, that's why it was two parts. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's just the irony of this of someone to talk somebody out of horrific who ended up doing it himself in a much more horrific way. But I mean, like, yeah, but but one thing Chris Benoit did say logic about it, if you end up killing somebody, you're going to spend the rest of your life in That's it. And in jail in Korea, which I mean, I'm not saying jail's a walk in the park in the States, but I'm just jail in Korea must be the conditions down there, which were already bad for the regular people there. That's Imagine the jails. Well, someone who I'm surprised didn't get uh, brought yeah. up to jail yep. was Mr. Eric Bischoff. Yes, what he so, did. So Eric Bischoff basically explained that each wrestler kind of had like an attache, which was a someone who kind of... Uh, Where's their chaperone, if you will, aside from the bodyguards, it was kind of their person that would represent that wrestler for North Korea uh, or that celebrity for North Korea sort of thing. So Eric Bischoff one day was bored. He says, you know what? I'm going to go for a run tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up early and I'm just going to go. So, and he didn't think to call anyone, call his attache to tell him or anything like that. He just decided to put on his running shoes, put on his little jacket and go for a jog. So he's explaining as he's going for this jog into the uh, city, I forget this his name, I just had it there, uh, into the main city, he basically says he's being looked at like he's some like monster and he's being looked at like in such an evil way that people are kind of terrified. And uh, I think Too Cold Scorpio also was the one that mentioned like for some of these people, these are probably like the first time they've ever seen an American kind of thing or just you know anybody not of uh north korean i think it was the the cab driver who had mentioned uh that this is her seventh american that she's ever seen oh that was Uh, like is that okay um and uh and yeah this is the only seventh the rest of all like died or she never saw again you're the only seventh american that had right crazy And then so he so he does his little run and then he goes back to the uh, goes back to the hotel and his attache there is waiting for him and she's just telling him like no what are you doing you're not supposed to do that like, like Bischoff really was giving it. Bischoff was legit scared for her life at one no that's it and he's like listen I wasn't scared necessarily for me I was kind of more scared for her I didn't want her to get killed or something uh, yeah. which I mean who knows right probably because I imagine if you're trying to run a country in a certain way that you want and you're you know uh, saying that these people are really bad you should you know almost depicting other cultures as monsters and they're going to kill you if you ever see them. 
Uh, I imagine um, the father of Kim Jong-un didn't take too lightly of that. And uh, it's pretty scary. Pretty scary stuff. But Eric Bischoff uh, didn't get uh, into a room like Scott Norton did. Uh, at least he didn't tell us about it. So yeah, but, I'm glad uh, he's yeah. alive to tell us. One thing Bischoff mentioned to me here was like, He's like he wasn't. He was shocked that the people there were very small in this book, and he wasn't sure if they were shocked about how big he was. Bischoff's not a big guy, but maybe the fact that I was like a little bit bigger than them, he, they're all seeing a big American guy who's running through their, who's just running around their country freely. Yeah, there's. I don't know what shocked them about it. Probably the fact that it's a white man walking through their country. Yeah, yeah probably a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. Yeah, he said he saw nobody else running. He's like, because that's the thing when like not when like nothing was open, when like everyone's asleep. But he's like, as he was running, and people started to get up and start going to work, and they started, to, yeah, and uh, yeah, because one thing Scott Norton said was in a car with his cab with Ric Flair on his way down, the, and there's two lanes of people walking in, and he was like, well, look at all these people who are they're so happy to see us. The cab driver said, no, they're not happy. To, they they have to be. If they don't go to this show, they're getting a bullet to. Them. Which is crazy, but I mean, I get it. I get it. It's messed up. Communism, you know what I mean? Like, um, like, and like, I, I, like, we don't understand this because we live in a country that's not a communist country. Like, right. Cuba, North Korea, those places are communist countries. Russia, so they have a lot of like like that that we understand how people are forced their lives differently. Like they're forced to live it by the way the government tells them to live their life. So, I don't get why you have a stadium where you can fit a hundred thousand people though. That don't want to be there. That don't want to be there. Like what? I was yeah. more. I was more perplexed on that. I'm like, wait a minute. So you have this crazy stadium. Well, I guess because you force anyone to go and watch whatever you want to watch, and everyone just so that to... way. Yeah, and that way you can say, look how many people want to see me. Yeah, that's but like. But one thing that the wrestlers were saying, Scott Norton said when he was wrestling, quiet. It was even more quiet than and that's in the stadium with 198,000 people. And he's like, it was just so quiet. And like, I hear in Japan, when you wrestle in Japan, the first few minutes are quiet as a sign of respect, but this wasn't that. Right. These people were not understanding what was, but they seem to have like, Scott during his match, Scorpio's match, it was all quiet, but apparently during Noki versus Ric Flair, people have woken up. But how? Like, how would you have known unless he kind of, like, made it known to everybody, hey, you got to cheer for this guy? Like, we were I, sure. think, I think that was probably the case. Okay. Yeah. With their ticket, it was probably thinking, like, yeah, there's going to be somebody named Antonio Noki. Here's this picture. This is the guy you need to cheer for. And, or yeah, and also, <laughs> yeah, well, and players all made him look good as well. But right. even if, yeah, but I mean, like, I don't think I made a difference if they weren't cheering for anything before. Yeah. But also, well, maybe, I mean, at the maybe, same time, thank God it was Ric Flair as opposed to Hogan, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hogan yeah. was supposed to be the guy, but Hogan was like, no, nah, brother, I'm not going. Like, I'm no. going to make this one, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the uh, thing was, uh, what's called again about uh, also the fact that maybe it's the fact that there's somebody that's also of Asian descent wrestling. Well, yeah, but they had Japanese wrestlers there, though. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, was it's, the only one. Yeah, so the only so, one was there, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, like, the fact that, I mean, like, they had to have been told me, apparently. They, why would they wake up for that? But, yeah, yeah, they, yeah apparently he pinned him as well. They erupted as well, so. That's it. And then, of course, it, it was really all just a, I, I don't know why Antonio Inoki thought anything different on, you know, I guess kudos for trying. Uh, but I don't know why he would have thought that things would have changed, especially when you got there. And, you know, they weren't so necessarily accommodating, uh, taking your passports away, doing this, threatening Scott Norton. Um, maybe Antonio Inoki and Muhammad Ali were treated yeah. very differently. Yeah, well, yeah, like they both have sex with politics as well. But, I mean, um, one thing that I really found interesting that was actually one of the wrestling positive experiences that they had was apparently one before their show, they were invited to go to a temple before with uh, Muhammad Ali. And Scott Norton recalls Muhammad Ali just running up the steps and then just shadow boxing at the top of the temple. And the wrestlers just stared him at it. Like, he's just dancing. He's just doing all the Ali stuff. And he's like, we're the only people in the world in this. And they said, like, they were just in, like, they were just amazed. Like, Scorpio said that was his, that just trip right there. For sure. For I mean, sure. like, yeah, if anyone who, like, Likes like the story of boxing or was Muhammad Ali's story anything about like a pre like a historic 
moment like that, like, would say, like, that's a myth that, like, pretty much, like, you would just feel like... Well, I mean, look, Muhammad Ali is a world-renowned figure in, you know, in boxing as well as in activism. This guy has done a lot in many very different levels. So, uh, I mean, that's one thing you certainly can't take away from anybody. All that trip, you're in this crazy, dangerous place. But at the same time, at least you got to see Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? Scott Norton even mentioned, like, Muhammad Ali said he liked his, how he wrestled out there and stuff. And Scott Norton was just all like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, hearing that from like, the, greatest. <laughs> the greatest. That's what I, I was able to find the Collision in Korea entire event. Uh, yeah, I saw it on, yeah, I found it right after I watched it. This was like the next thing that was a suggested thing to watch pretty much. So did you did you notice if Muhammad Ali actually did anything on the show? No, I think he was just a special guest. Just a special guest. Okay, because I was like, why wasn't he part of the show? Or Okay. Special guests, like, don't forget, get parking Lee can't. Well, no, I mean, not wrestle or do anything crazy, but I don't know, talk or something like that. And that was another thing, too. I honestly didn't realize. Maybe I should have. But I didn't realize uh, Muhammad Ali had Parkinson's so early on. Uh, I, I thought it was years after, like years and years after he finished boxing. But so that was a little bit of a shock to me. But, you know, that's that's on me, I guess. That's another reason why he looks so impressive, his shadow boxing. Yeah. That's it. So, um, you know, that's really, I, I, you know, just really the, the shocking thing of just the, all the fights between two Gold Scorpio and uh, Hawk were just amazing to me. Um, and then the fact, even after the show, right, <coughs> he was like, hey, listen, like, you want to go? We'll go. And Hawk was just like, listen, bro, I didn't have any of my pills with me. I was very frustrated, like. You know, it's fine. And he's like, oh, no, okay, but when we get to Japan, if you want to go, let me know. I'm down. Because he still had the the chopsticks, uh, st- chopstick yeah, knives there. He thought so. his, uh, yeah, his chopstick shifts. <laughs> yeah, but he, he ultimately said that, listen, they find- first of all, they arrived to uh, North Korea in, like, the small plane, and they were able to see, like, North Korea with the bombs pointing to South Korea and South Korea pointing they're over and he's like that that must have been a creep you know what yeah. i mean because obviously they've been in war for quite some time now yeah because uh, they said they have to go in some like really like uh, crappy lane on their way in and uh but like one thing that was was rick flair's apparently the moment that he landed in a pan mm-hmm. on his hands and he's kissed the pavement yeah you know you got to be grateful i mean although you know it's still it's japan you know you, you got to be grateful for non-communist countries and there's obviously a lot of them and uh, you know, anyone could have easily just have not made it back. Uh, I, I was terrified for all of them. Terrified. Thankfully, yeah, it reminds you know, me I... of that. It reminds me of when they like uh, the WWE guys were stuck in Abu Dhabi. I mean, not in Abu Dhabi, in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia. Well, I mean, that we still don't technically know the full-on story. Um, I mean, probably whether, never will. Probably never will. No, uh, at least not until 2027. So we have a while <coughs> since they still have a contract until then. Um, but yeah, this, this to me, this episode was, it was good. Like it was interesting. I mean, it's only four days, yeah, well, maybe, right? Actually, maybe there'll be a dark setting about, uh, some... uh, probably not for quite some time though. Oh yeah. Because that contract's I, up. Yeah, yeah. that contract's up. So maybe when it's like season six or something, if it makes it that long, which yeah. I, I, I have no, uh, I have no regrets that I won't. It, it will definitely, uh, like, I don't know. This episode was good. It's just, I feel like Nick Gage was better. Maybe even the Brian Pillman one was better, too. This, to me, was fun. It was just more like... But this was like a, this was an event like about like a wrestler in particular. That's probably why. Yeah, too. And maybe like you could have added a little something else. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like... Um, like, it felt like it shouldn't have been a whole episode. Yeah. You know? So, fun to hear about them. Considering I knew nothing about this... Uh, originally, when I heard co- collision in Korea, I thought it was like, I don't know, something about an earthquake uh, that happened while they were wrestling or something. You know, I knew oh, nothing okay. about this at all. Well, this is way back when, when I first heard it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was still pretty fun. A lot of crazy things certainly happened. And, you know, we all kind of maybe know certain little things here and there of how bad North Korea would be sort of ordeal. But, 
very interesting to have firsthand from actual wrestlers who were there and you know lived to tell about it. I imagine there's probably still stuff they didn't even want to, um, yeah. or, or that just, they couldn't. Well, I mean, why couldn't though? Well, too, maybe because right? of, like they were bound by the science thing when they were there. Even if they did, it's not a it's not a biting. No matter yeah, if you true. sign anything in North Korea, won't uh, won't this. But I guess whatever, just to avoid any. I'm sure there's stuff that was still kept hush hush. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but definitely still pretty revealing in uh, in that regard. And I would have been so curious if Hogan actually went. How much differently that would have that would have been? Because I imagine they would have known Hogan. Yeah, but in Hogan's the job a few times. I, I'd probably see, probably say, oh, it's my first time here, brother. I can't lose this time here. Oh well, I mean, I was more referring to like in terms of the treatment, like maybe. He w- Hogan would have been regarded as, you know, someone well, like, like a royalty a, type thing. Royalty, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know if they would know much of Hogan, but I imagine they would. If you know Ali, like Hogan is the Ali of wrestling. You know what I mean? If you're going to know a name in boxing, you're going to know Muhammad Ali. If you're going to know a name in wrestling, chances are you're going to know Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, they're not pro- uh, broadcast. Oh, uh, it's very American propaganda. I don't know, but maybe the father liked him or something. Then again, we, we still hear things about North Korea today that uh, they don't want to be westernized. They got rid of skinny jeans and um, something else that they're, they're no longer allowed to wear in North Korea. So uh, they're still very much afraid of the Western culture in that regard, uh, which, you know, obviously he wants to keep you know, I guess his people at bay, but crazy, crazy stories uh, from wrestlers who have felt it firsthand. And I would, I'm also kind of interested to hear like now, like Dennis Rodman's take on when he's there. You know what I mean? Since he, you were loved so much by the emperor, how did you get treated in North Korea? Where you always followed hey, around? One person had documented Rodman's life. This guy... He, like from his basketball stories, his wrestling stories, where I don't know if you've known this, but it was actually a show, I think it might have been called, uh, a lot of people refer it to as called Rodman Now and it was like a, a federation that did a show one night and it was like the main event I think was uh, Mr. Dennis Rodman in the street fight. What? Yeah, like, yeah, it, so like, yeah, they even event all around like, stars and um, yeah, so I mean like, and as well, like his his outings in North Korea, like Dennis Rodman's life is definitely. Yeah, if they did a documentary, I would definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's definitely a very interesting dude, just in terms of you know from what we saw with uh, the MJ doc on Netflix. You know what I mean with the Last Dance and all that. And Rodman's uh, someone who's like he doesn't have this not flashy. He doesn't have this uh, star power as Hulk Hogan, but he's more of a, you know he's had uh, some crazy parties as well. So. That's someone that they like to pretty much like more of a behind things for him. Like what is Michael Jordan that would be more shocking? Rodman, you'd be shocked. No, that's it. And based on the little stuff they did uh, tell about Rodman in that documentary, pretty freaking crazy. So yeah. Um, well, I still have yet to finish that. Come up. I only saw the first. Oh wow. Okay. Well, then you're definitely missing out. Get on that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> back to this though. I mean, about Korea, but this has been particular like. Scorpio mentions is one of the things that he this is the one thing he could always tell Hulk Hogan that he did. He's like he wrestled in front of more people. He wrestled in front of 198,000 people for two nights in a row. And he's like that's the only thing I have over him but he's like that's what I have. And Bischoff said himself he's like Vince McMahon is probably irked that the mm. biggest wrestling event was not Wrestlemania and not held by him. He's like now the fans might have not been have been forced to be there, and they might not have been paying customers. But right. If you go, if you go to Wikipedia and you check out the biggest wrestling, he's in charge. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's very very true. Um, you know, you didn't get paid for it either, so it's an accomplishment. But is it really? Kudos to him. But though, but at least, but yeah, at least he owns it. Like at least he says straight up, he's like the fans might have been forced to be there. They weren't paying custom. He was like, just like saying, he's like, hey, look at it. I still have it. My name's there. No, that's valid. Yeah, that's, like that's uh... what I like about it. Like he actually owns it. He doesn't like sugarcoat. He's like, yeah, he's like, I might. He's like, I have the biggest grossing event. Like, no, he's sugarcoated. He said straight up that the fans were forced to be said straight up. They weren't paying customers. So he actually owns up that. Like, yeah, it wasn't the high grossing event. He just goes by what it is, and he's just doing that in a troll as well. For sure. 
Absolutely. Um, to make another job that Vince McMahon did, <laughs> like to, to, something that he did over McMahon, because like the eighty-three straight weeks of beating him in the ratings is definitely something that's uh, nobody else has done ever. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, if you look at it, so first of all, day two was one hundred and seventy thousand. Day one was one hundred and fifty thousand. I wonder what happened with that twenty thousand there. I don't know why. Yeah. Wouldn't you have gotten the same people to go to the same show? Um, and uh, after that is WrestleMania 32, 101,000. So, you know, certainly missing by a bunch. Uh, and you, kudos to Eric Bischoff as well, you know. Uh, all this was because he wanted to get Japanese... Re- so this is when he started to become the president of WC, first of all. Yeah. Uh, so he wanted to start getting a repertoire with uh, New Japan again. That was kind of one of his first tasks. So kudos to him making that happen. Antonio Inoki coming to Bischoff. Hey, what if we go to North Korea and do this? I have aspirations to kind of make this as a opportunity to give peace to North Koreans and the whole world and so on. Uh, didn't work out so good. It turns out he lost his, uh, his uh, political battle when he went back to Japan. Um, but you know, I, worth a shot. You know, if you can try to end uh, end a communist country and make them, you know, a, a more civilized country, if you will, why not? You know what I mean? That uh, kudos, to Eric Bischoff. The man is a, an evil genius. Uh, so uh, you know, with all that pressure, I still can't believe uh, they thought of doing it. And shout out to uh, Tony Onoki too, though. That's, that's yeah. Well, dope. this was a huge. I mean, this might, might not gamble day, but I was say like. It's a huge opportunity as well to go into a place like Korea to do something like... I mean, I understand the risk he was taking, but it was also a huge danger. When Scott Norton, like, talking to some Japanese guys, like, I think he was talking to Chono, and, uh, he's like, they don't like us down there. They want to kill us down there. And that's it. So I'm shocked any Japanese wrestlers really went. Um, but, you know, I guess that's kind of the risk. You're going to be performing for them. So maybe, you know, that's kind of their way of saying, ha, we're better than you. You know what I mean? You're performing for us. But, yeah, I'm glad everyone out made it alive. Scott Norton yeah. almost didn't, but he uh, he did. Um, I'm sure when he got home, he kissed his wife right over. <laughs> Straight up. He didn't leave that house for a full-on full week you probably you know just I mean? gave her the biggest hug and just kissed her and cried like 20 well i imagine doing something like that humbles you though you know you you feel grateful for what you do have um you know because that i'm sure was scary for everyone involved um well, you know because, being like, watched like that well because just imagine being his wife you don't know what happened at the moment he said that the line just and you don't hear him for the rest of the trip yeah oh no for sure she was probably flipping out she was probably trying to get a hold of yeah. everybody like hey so that's, Scott, why they, Scott. That's, what, that's what i'm saying like, they probably just held on to each other for like 20 minutes straight in tears because of like she could have thought like she doesn't know what happened just like he knows like what like, like that he fucked up but no exactly because she wasn't able to follow up with him about what happened so no that's it exactly yeah, so, so like, yeah, that's what I, yeah, it was definitely an emotional moment that they would have had. So, but I mean, how would you rank this? I mean, I like, uh, on what, are we a scale of five, or? Well, I mean, I guess a scale of five, but how would you rank this? I was more referring to, uh, in terms of the three episodes we have seen on season three. Okay, well, I'm going to say, yeah, it's, like, I mean, out of all of them, it's interesting. Mm. I mean, because Brian told about his life, different events that he's experienced throughout his life, and engage the same thing experiences throughout a guy's career that just about many guys experience with one event I mean there, I mean like it, it did show me though about like, like Bischoff didn't even know about the fight between Hawk and uh, Bill Battle like, yeah. so, after, was like, so did you ever hear about the fight between Bill and Hawk he's like oh not until now <laughs> yeah and, why would yeah. you know right I'm sure they didn't yeah. try fighting when he was around yeah no I'm just saying like the fact that yeah so like it was cool to hear about, like, well, not cool. I'm saying it was interesting to hear stories about, like, the the Bischoff uh, jogging story. To hear about the attendance. To hear about their passports taken away, their walk music taken away, the limited inter- the, li- the no entertainment that they had while they were there, and uh, yeah, like just hearing all those different like the fights that Scorpio and Hawk had, like hearing all those different things was just a little interesting. But in regards to an episode, like I said. Other the other episodes that we've seen, we've seen multiple events about one perspective. This was several people's perspective about one event. 
but you still can't get a lot of people because some people have passed away and some people are under contract. Like Ric Flair can't get his perspective because he's still with WWE, and if he did, he'd want to be on good graces about it. And uh, for, like for example, well, yeah, like Benoit's well, passed away. I'm, sh- I'm sure Flair could have though. No, like I don't no, think. But, no, but I mean, like I don't think you can participate in Dark Side of the Ring if you're under WWE contract. But he's on a Legends contract. He's not on like I think he's not like on a full fledged wrestler's contract. Okay, well I don't think they're allowed to or not, but a lot of people who have been on the legends contract, I don't think that's dark side. Fair, no, uh, that's uh, I I doubt it. No, I guess not. Yeah, because like I mean, like I don't see Sergeant Slaughter doing episodes of Dark Side, <laughs> but you'll see people like Jacques. That's what I mean. Like Rougeau's not under a legends contract, so right. People like Slaughter, people like that are. But one person until this day, I love topic. I'm shocked to his contract. I don't know why. There's no legend, but why does the Boogeyman have a legend's contract? I guess Vince really likes him. That's why. That was the creepiest gimmick ever. <laughs> I'm the Boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. I'm yeah, the Boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. Eating worms that were actually real life worms. Like, that was, <laughs> those weren't a gimmick. But yeah, that's apparently. Well, we all know apparently Vince loves bathroom, so. That's it. Like, I remember, like, he's got a pew. He's got a pew. Apparently, when there were fart jokes, apparently, Vince McMahon lasts his ass off. Like, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, um, yeah, Vince McMahon wants to do is say that he's the biggest event. I mean, he, the biggest event until Wrestle 2 was probably the event in Wembley Stadium at SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe this will actually get to Vince. And uh, be like, hey, Vince, Eric Bischoff is still ribbing you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think Vince will care. Be like, well, yeah, I mean, if we go to any dictatorship, you know, I'm pretty sure I can get the same amount of people to force yeah, be there. But at the end of the day, I got 101,000. Uh, yeah, but what are the odds of Vince being able to strike a deal with Kim Jong? Honestly, I wouldn't put it past Vince. Okay, well, first, well, yeah, okay, well, first of all, Vince likes some money, so I don't think he would accept losing money unless he was given uh, a crown jewel type thing in the down. So right. It would need to be paid. And second of all, uh, during this time, I think WWE would be leaving the country in uh, the near future. No, no, well, I mean, more probably the near future. I say next year they do some crazy stuff. For yeah, sure. but I mean, no, but I mean, them going to strike a deal in the near future, I mean, traveling, oh, and no, no, like no. that. I can see them doing shows in like uh, Canada or maybe auto, um, honoring their Saudi Arabia deal, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I, but I mean, like uh, in regards, uh, like in Japan or China, places where uh, Asia do no offense, but that's where it originated from. That's where are those countries. So I think WWE would want to stay away from those countries, especially since those countries are still red hot as well. Um, well, yes and no. I think it's really uh, the worst country right now is facing the India. pandemic is to India. So, uh, I mean, look, I, they don't do much traveling anyways that far unless it's to Saudi Arabia or they randomly do a show in the UK or <clears throat> stuff like that. So I don't think we necessarily have anything to worry about. I don't think Vince would ever do anything with North Korea again. Unless it's some crazy Saudi Arabia deal like that. Um, yeah, because like, Japan doesn't have stadiums like a fit that many would side. Right. Well, I mean, uh, well, how much does the... Baseball stadium, I think, seats like suit plus thousand. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, Pride had uh, events at baseball stadium where they used the floor at, and it was like, I think, like 65,000 people or something they had. Damn. Okay. But then again... I mean, Montreal had uh, 65,000 for the Great Cup, but that's without using entire floors. This is true. Yeah. That's yeah, valid. but then again, you don't even know how place a set can take as well, because there's a set there. So there's a lot of stuff that you have to that, that can be perspective as well. But still, uh, what I'm trying to say is, like, yeah, North Korea had a place that, like, quadruples that, almost. Yeah, or triples it. Or triples it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, triples it is more realistic towards it. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're able to do that there. I mean, it was forced people to go there. Like other, those events that we're talking about, people to go to. Just right. But I mean, still, Scorpio said it was an experience just to look out there and see all those people out there. They might not know what they're watching, but they are <laughs> watching you. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like pretty it, cool. It's definitely, it's an eye It's definitely cool, but it's definitely shocking at the same time. You're also not used to not getting whatever you're doing something. I wonder if Muhammad Ali ever spoke about North Korea uh, and going there. That I well, really I, I read I read a documentary and he didn't bring it up in his uh, well 
I read one of his document. Uh, I've seen the movie with Will Smith and never brought brought those up. In well, I mean, I know, but the guy has done so much, right? Yeah. So. But then again, the book that I read was about his boxing, his life until his boxing. The book ended pretty much his boxing career. Ended. Ah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, and same thing with well, and the movie with Muhammad Ali, in the movie with Will Smith, um, <laughs> the Ali with uh, with Will Smith, that one actually ended right after he beat Foreman for the title. So that's another. But definitely, but probably because it's not a highlight. No, 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 no. But it's still something interesting, right? Like it wouldn't be in a movie. It won't be. I might be like randomly in an interview somewhere like the journalist brings it up so you went to North Korea in 1995 da, 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 how was that because still Americans going into North Korea is a pretty big deal you know it doesn't have it doesn't have to be about the wrestling so very curious I doubt it maybe but, but now that you bring it up Mexico actually searched for some news on Muhammad Ali that he actually ever talked about yeah that's it I would really be interested I mean knowing knowing him not knowing him but Knowing how he presents himself, I doubt he would really say uh, all that much, anyways. Because um, yeah, like he's one of the first like boxing personalities, like in regards like seeing like before when it's just a boxer, you're like I like this guy because he's knocking people out. But when it was Muhammad Ali, you got this guy because he's talking smack. And so he was like the personality that boxing really had. That's it. Exactly. And that's why so. Muhammad Ali's style was for wrestling. No, it's, it would have been absolutely. Imagine if. Vince, well, I mean, I guess he did. Let's say if he didn't have Parkin, yeah, yeah, but let's say that he didn't have Parkin to be able to, like, uh, like the way Tyson Fury had his, uh, or how Kim Velasquez. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because, like, yeah, like, like, Tyson has that, for, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Mayweather or Conor McGregor or Diaz brothers, like, people, like, talking smack in uh, big-time sports. It wasn't for people like that. It wasn't for Ali. We wouldn't have, like... For sure, absolutely. That, and I don't think any of those guys would say anything different. Yeah, um, like, that's one thing. Like, no matter a respectful guy, a smack talker, he's fighter, a lot of people will always pay respect. You have to. You have to. He's the guy that did it all and uh, paved the way for you. So, if you disrespect him, then you're just, you know, probably Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but but how do you rank it though? Because you asked me how I ranked it. Do you rank it? No, that's fair. Honestly, I think it's probably the least favorite of mine for this season. Uh, it was fine. It was cool. Um, you know, interesting, if you will. I just felt like it didn't need to be a whole episode. I was it. I I was hooked on this. Um, you know, it is very interesting, but at the same time, like, kind of. I think if the if yeah, I think pretty much one thing they could do maybe for future is like do like like I don't want to say half episode, like have like a two for one type. Do like half talk about one story and half talk about like another episode. Like cut it into two types. This could have been done like that. I uh, maybe they could have just given us more when they did come back, I guess. But maybe a lot of the wrestlers just kind of, you know, wanted to forget about what happened in North Korea, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe with their other plan as well. They're going to talk about. So we're not going to talk about this. We could bring up this, but let's never bring up there all these things that, that we don't know. <laughs> right, for sure. And that'll be well. I guess maybe we'll never know. And then it, yeah, but then again, also, they, yeah, it's not something they went through as well. Like, when they got off the plane, they probably just, like, just wanted to just forget that whole event that ever took place. I'm also, like, even Ric Flair, you know what I mean? Like, I just kind of wish if you're going to have just those people talk, like, I wish it would have been everyone. I, yeah, I get why like, it was you, you always hear Flair did this, Flair did that. Well, I want to hear Flair tell us. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. So... Um, that would be very interesting. I'm surprised especially, they wouldn't... Especially, like, the brawl between the Hawk and Scorpio. Flair would have, like, how he reacted to what, uh, to what Scorpio called him out. Yeah, no, that would have been uh, interesting, too. I think... I, yeah, I, 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 I think at this point, it sounded because like a lot Flair, of the wrestlers weren't, weren't a fan of Too Cold Scorpio, though. Yeah, Like, I think but, they felt like Too Cold Scorpio was a cocky individual, you know? Yeah, well, they said, yeah, because, like, Scott Norton said that, like, well, Scorpio was eating up Hawk, and, like, yeah, he did. Scott Norton said, yeah, he felt that uh, it was due to hepatitis and uh, the fact that he was on something, he like, symptoms. He felt like it was Hawk 
at 100% Hawk would have uh, finished him, but it's not about that, but I feel like that just showed people as well that Scorpio wasn't someone to be screwed with. Showed someone that he's a badass, so he can he can throw down. No, and at the same time, I mean, if you're going to do that excuse as well, look, he was weak with hepatitis and so on. I don't know. Uh, they're both idiots. In reality, Hawk's probably dumb for, um, you know, going after Two Cold Scorpio when he knows he's weak and so on. Like, you could have gotten yourself more hurt. I get it. You know, maybe the guy was egging you on. It was a bit annoying. Uh, but, I mean, it just... it. It was entertaining to me, but it was honestly a bit childish. I got two gold Scorpios part in that. Like, you know, like, I, I, and I get him. He wants to just defend his own kind of thing. He doesn't want to back down. Cool story. But man, yeah, wrong but like, place, it's, wrong it's, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's why he wanted to settle in Japan, to settle in Japan. But, like, what they have to say, like, it's stubborn, I'm stubborn as well. Like, sometimes, like, people always want to have the finals. Like, he's like, he sucker punched me. He's like, okay, can't show anyone that I'm not going to retaliate. That's so, it. yeah, it is childish, but at the same time, like, I get it. I'm stubborn when it comes to certain events. So, I mean, I can understand, like, why he does it. But it is something that I find. It's him. Like, even when I do it afterwards, I'm like, yeah, that would. But I For guess, sure. you know, in the, in the heat of the moment, you act differently because you're not. You're just reacting. Exactly. Without, without even that's it exactly um and yeah that's pretty much it so those are kind of like our opinion our thoughts any i guess kind of final things um no that's pretty much it but uh watch tell everybody's uh, next episode coming up yeah so guys it's it's warrior time uh it's becoming warrior that's the next episode that's uh i mean i feel like i know everything about the ultimate warrior um to an extent that too and uh, I hope Eric Bischoff is on it and he talks about the whole warrior speech in WCW again because that oh, speech that speech was god awful well it legit was like 20 minutes long it was crazy just it rambling on and on and on just rambling day. on one guy, one guy made a joke. He's like, on a cold October night, sometimes still hear a uh, warrior rambling on. Yeah, no, it was, it was funny. Like I did it for a, a botch along, a wrestling botch along thing with, um, and whew. so Here, well, was... I'll, I'll give you something to watch. I'll give you um, Sid Vicious's promo with PCO from US. Jesus, that, still on that, have, huh? you'll, you'll watch that promo and that's a good botch along thing. Oh, Jesus. Really, anything Sid Vicious in a promo is a botch along. He's just so bad. Like, he the doesn't... Com the, the commentators even said, work you guys watch this on here. I'm taking a break for now. You guys enjoy this. The commentators <laughs> even said that. Yes. Yeah, so, like, you guys enjoy this promo that's going to go on. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Straight up. Yeah, uh, you know, it's so, bad. Yeah, but, but, like, yeah, but, I mean, like, that's the I'm looking forward to because of, like, um, my top five all time like he was like my like Shawn Michaels was my first favorite wrestler but Warrior was my first favorite like big guy wrestler like I wasn't a Hogan guy I wasn't a Macho Man guy I wasn't uh, like yeah I wasn't a Snooker guy I was a Warrior like that was big guy like HBK like I said was my favorite wrestler always but in regards to the big guys like that the large nationalities Warrior was always like when I saw um, him beat Hogan like uh, like I mean it wasn't live like, back in Sudo is like over at somebody's place on a Friday night. We go to Videotron and rent like an old school WrestleMania. Like we started off from like WrestleMania, and then we rent WrestleMania four, five, six, seven. And we got to Hogan vs. Warrior. At the time, we didn't know what happened. We were watching over live, so like just reacting because we didn't know what happened. The internet wasn't around. Mm -hmm. Nope, valid. Yeah, so we just went to go see that. We just rented uh, rented out, watched that. Like we were exciting. Like we're all like, oh, who think went Warrior or Hogan? Like, yeah, <laughs> Hogan wasn't. I think Hogan was in WWF at the time. Snap. Okay, yeah. So that would have definitely been really interesting to see. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. So I'm looking forward to that, seeing the non-WWE side of things. So that should always be fun. We'll probably watch the Warrior DVD that WWE did put out, just so I can get the WWE side a bit more. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm kind of... I think maybe the problem why the Collision in Korea didn't work or, you know, was all right is just because it's because they kind of do these crazy stories on... Uh, a specific person and it's so much more in depth i guess the collision in korea kind of just falls flat because of how 
it's also a very kind of serious matter and can get a lot of people in trouble. So yeah, controversial. You know. Warrior is definitely um, someone that everybody who's a fan of wrestling knows. Person, definitely a big chunk of wrestling is owed to him as well. He owes a lot. He owed a lot of it to wrestling as well. But there's also stories. He's probably taking his. Um, what was it called again? His comic book where apparently he sodomized Santa Claus. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, there's a picture of him sodomizing Santa Claus apparently in the comic. And um, I don't know if you heard about it, but like apparently he said queering doesn't make the world work. Wow. He said that at a public speaking event. <laughs> and here's the, here's the irony of that. His final match was against a very open, well-known bisexual. His final match was against Jordan. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, so he's a queer the, the world work, and that's who his final... Well, I mean, you know, whatever gets him paid, right? It's actually in Barcelona, of all places, to wrestling. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of WWE ever doing an event in Spain or Italy or anywhere like that. Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I've never... Uh, like, no, nope, I don't think hear, so. You hear of the UK or Japan or China, and that's it. That's it. Oh, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's an American company. They are known worldwide, but, uh, or India, technically. They did a show, uh, or they're planning to, there's, I think they're planning well, yeah, to do a show. Yeah. And they do tribute to the troops in Iraq. In Iraq and so on. You know, it's hard, right? I mean, you're one freaking company. Uh, you know, the, the, it's, it, it, does take a, it does take a lot of toll on the wrestlers. So you're going to really want to make sure it does benefit you if you're going to do like a, a crazy trip like that. Uh, speaking of trips, uh, you know, might as well be worth uh, saying they definitely will be going around the United States more often now because July 16th, uh, live WWE live events are back, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, yeah, just something to point out there. Hopefully the WWE product gets better because you're going to start noticing tickets still won't be selling and they're going to have to resort back to the Thunderdome. Well, not just that. Also, maybe uh, it'd be better because of uh, the booze are not going to be silent anymore. That that's true too. That, that that's very valid. Yeah. Well, one thing makes a lot of WWE, One thing WWE would save their asses during the zombie segment for the Thunderdome uh, that they had. They did not show the audience. They had that as in like uh, zombie, and uh, that was probably if the audience was going to shit on it. Uh, at the same time, they could have used older footage for the Thunderdome too, just for that specific section, you know. Um, but yeah, good call on them. They got a million dollars to do that though. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I probably would have done the same thing. It was really bad. I'm sure WB didn't realize like, oh, we're gonna, you know. Well, I heard Bray Wyatt tweeted and said, "Zombies miss me yet?" <laughs> for sure, for yeah. sure. But I but, mean, yeah. uh, thing altogether. But yeah, I think that's all that's in the ring right now. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And uh, where can they follow you, bud? You can follow me at, at Mike Five and Four UFC on Twitter, Instagram, and on, on Facebook. I'm uh, I have my SPS page, shoot the shit, and uh, you can find me at Mike Tsitas. Boom! There we go. The links will be in the doobly doos as usual, and uh, you can follow me at personal page at JLB420 on Twitter, uh, or you know, Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio Eight anchor.fm slash rtr and uh yeah that's it all the links will be down below uh wherever podcast platform you listen it will certainly be available there and uh that's pretty much it mike thanks again it has been another interesting episode of dark side of the ring and uh i look forward to going warrior batshit crazy with you next week because uh, that should be a telling one. And uh, yeah, that is it. So until next time, we will see you for the next Dark Side review next week. Until then, ciao for now.